Harry Canary here with three questions you're going to answer yes to. Do you like beer? Do you like drinking lots of beer? Here you go, Pawtucket Patriot Ale, the best quahog has to offer. Would you like to drink lots of beer with your friends here at the Birdcage on a glorious autumn afternoon? Mmm, beer. Come on out to the Sioux Falls Canaries second annual Beer Fest at the Birdcage, Saturday, October 9th from 1 to 4 p.m. We'll have over a dozen local and regional beer vendors. $40 will get you 25 drink tickets. Plus, we'll be playing beanbags. In fact, we'll have a beanbag tournament. $20 gets you into that. I am the great Cornholio. <laughs> Just to review, beer, beanbags, birdcage, Saturday, October 9th from 1 to 4. More info at sfcanaries.com. Go birds! For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. All right, here we are. Another Monday, Beers with Lunch, Gateway Lounge. This place was rocking yesterday until Greg Joseph missed a 37-yard chip shot to give the Vikings a win. It was a great Vikings fan experience, even if you're not a Vikings fan, because it was full, it was loud, it was rollicking. I had a table next to me singing Skull Vikings after every touchdown. Oh, it was cute. Oh, Matt does not like this. I, this is not something I thought would be a topic, but let's get right into that. Well, I just mean that, knowing that they were doing that and then how the game ended. I just, that's tragic. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. It was. Uh, so if you're a Vikings fan today, you're depressed. Same thing if you're a Chiefs fan like me, but not really because they have Patrick Mahomes and they're still probably going to go to the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I, I'm also a Husker fan, and that's my team growing up. The Vikings are your team growing up, Matt. So you had a, you had a, you had a post yesterday after this tra- latest tragic kicking blunder Vikings loss uh, that I did before I knew Nebraska was going to lose to Oklahoma on Saturday. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic about age and maturity and sports fandom and where it fits into your life. So we're going to get to all that. And, uh, uh, and, and by the way, Zim's, uh, Zim's lady friend Jen is here and uh, she doesn't have a microphone, but every now and then you're going to hear her in the background heckle us. So <laughs> unless you want to give her the mic every now and then. Uh, and we're going to preview the Jacks. You're not going on the road with them, and I want to hear. I well, I'll save it. I'll, I'll save the Missouri Valley road trip topic for uh, if we have time. But yeah, well, you were you were watching. You were covering the Sanford International, which we'll also talk about, Zim. Uh, but you did get to see the end of this game, and really, it came down to that. There's a there's a, there are a lot of things that happened, but it came down to an easy kick. The Vikings should have won. And what were you, what was going through your head as a long suffering Vikings fan? I I kept thinking of it in terms of. How many times have I watched the Vikings get beat by a last-second field goal? Well, I mean, if you've watched football long enough, you've seen your team get beat. Every team's lost that way. You know, yes. There's hundreds and hundreds of games Vikings end on last-second like field goals. like that never happens to anybody else. Right. right. Like, um, but I just remember thinking, like, oh, my God, he's going to miss it. 
And then I thought, no, if it was if the tables were turned, if this was the Vikings on defense and the other team was about to try a 37-yard field goal at the last second, I'd be like, there's no way he's going to miss this. It's a chip shot. Of course he's going to make it. It's only a 37-yarder. If you gave me a couple tries at a 37-yard field goal, I'd probably be able to make one. Maybe not in that scenario, but it's not a difficult kick. And so I just kind of was almost sort of talking myself into, you're just being fatalistic. Like, he's going to make this kick. And then it was so weird to me that Paul Allen got the call wrong because <laughs> it's obvious right off his foot that he pushed it straight yeah. yes, to the Yes, it right. was. Yeah. It's like, where are you fucking aiming? Yeah. Like, what are you looking at? Are you cross-eyed? Yeah, this is straight on, too. Yeah. Was, there was they, no angle they, here. They was, set it up. Like, some people were like, oh, they should have got it closer. They got it close enough, and they set it up right in between the hashes for him. It was an extra point. There was part of me was thinking it's Mike Zimmer. It's old school. He coaches like what would Bill Parcells do? What would? Uh, but it, you know, like you could use a little slip screen, a high percentage play or two, maybe even just another Dalvin Cook run just to get all a little closer to make it. But it's also the he, NFL. You should make a thirty-seven yard field. He made goal. a couple in a dough. He made a couple fifty yarders early yes. in the game. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, but so <laughs> my thought was as a non diehard Vikings fan was uh, being in a room full of diehard Vikings fans they came here to spend their afternoon God, and what was that like was it did it just turn into a funeral you know what? In here no it was just uh it was just kind of like you know, everybody of just kind of threw up their arms of course yeah you know it's almost like they started laughing yeah you know it was I mean I think know. we've all sort of reached that point because maybe well th- this is what you uh wrote about I don't. Yeah, there are some Vikings fans. I enjoy listening to the post-game call-in shows. Sometimes on the, <laughs> sometimes on the network, but I really enjoy the one that's on the network's competitor. Uh, that's that's more of a podcast anyway. It's called Score North, and uh, it's called Vikings Vent Line. And you know, instead of playing a million ads and having the bullshit locker room interviews and all that kind of stuff, I mean, they go they go right to fan reaction. It's with Judd and Mackie and those guys, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, and so of course the the. And, and the hosts are kind of fans, too. And so, I mean, they're not pissed because they've seen the movie before, too. But you go to the callers, and they're irate. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's the, like somebody, you know, killed their dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you're not the, and you, but you're not that way anymore either. And I'm not that way with the Huskers for a different reason. They just suck for the last 20 years. But explain if people didn't see that post that you wrote after the Greg Joseph miss. Well, I would hope they didn't because it's on Facebook, so it's kind of private, but <laughs> not private, but it's not something I made public for. Anyway, um, sorry. No, that's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't <laughs> okay. have shouldn't have alluded to it. It's just I couldn't figure out what you were talking about for a second. I was like, I didn't write anything yesterday. I was like, yeah. oh, that thing. Yeah. Just you know, it was the, the, what made me think of of writing that was um, I'm sitting downstairs watching the Ravens Chiefs game last night, which was amazing. And I was enjoying the hell out of it, you know, just because it was a great football game, and I yep. didn't care who won. Yeah. Uh, and then when the game got over, the local news comes on, and they start talking about the Vikings, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. The Vikings completely shit themselves again today. Like, I, I had just <laughs> forgot, you know, and and that kind of – I was like, huh, that's – I'm glad that I forgot because there was a time in my life, probably a long time ago, it's not like this is a new thing, but there was a time in my life where I just would have been ruined. Like, that would have been, you know, just this this pall cast over you, you know? Like, I can't, you know, just, you know, moping around because the Vikings missed a field goal. You know, I think 1998, Gary Anderson's miss was kind of the first moment where I was like, oh, this is a thing that can happen to you that really hurts. And it happened enough times in the next few years that it's kind of like, I mean, I was probably in my late 20s or so 
when I finally started to kind of pull away a little bit, you know, and kind of go, this just isn't worth investing this much of my, not so much time, but just like, like emotions, I guess, you know, like a lot letting it affect you, you know, and, uh, I fully expected the Vikings to get beat by a couple scores yesterday because Arizona's good, and it was in Arizona. I was at the golf tournament. Normally, I'd have been pissed off that I wasn't able to watch the Vikings because I was at a golf tournament. Yeah. I didn't care. Right. Is the Gary Anderson thing the How I Met Your Mother Sam thing? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jen just uh, mentioned the, apparently there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> that references the Gary Anderson. Where there's a Vikings this. fan. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, good like, job. I. Uh, You're welcome. I wasn't even worried about it, but then while I'm writing my story at the end of the golf tournament, uh, Sean Bauer from Kello just kind of casually mentioned me, like, hey, Vikings are playing pretty well. You know, it's 14-7 or something like that. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, it's not like I thought they were going to win. It was just like, oh, maybe it would be worth watching. You know, it's not going to be 31-10 when I get home. I get home, turn on the TV. The first thing I see is a false start penalty on Brian O'Neill. And I'm like, oh, that's probably the 10th one of the game. And then they go, actually, this is the Vikings' first penalty of the day. I'm like, Oh, so I should definitely turn it off right now because the second I turned it on, it started going to shit. But I watched it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't allow myself to get invested in part because it's not really a game they're supposed to win, you know? I was just kind of like, they're going to choke. Cousins is going to screw it up or something's going to happen. Then they drive down the field. I'm kind of like, wow, they're they're going to do this. And I wasn't that excited about it either. I was like, okay, good for them. They're going to win yeah. a game, you know? Yeah. All right. And then he missed the kick. I was like, <laughs> Guess not. All right. <laughs> See you later. And that's just how it is. 0-2 and all those stats. I forget them. Didn't look it up. They about. could be 2-0. They're they a couple are. plays away from being 2-0. Oh, that's 2-0. what Zimmer said. He was I, encouraged. Yeah. I think Mike Zimmer by... Well, as bad as they looked in the preseason, I think he should be encouraged. Yeah. I mean, they looked like a 3-13 and team in preseason. Very now true. they've come out two games on the road, and they could have won them both. I don't know how good Cincinnati is. They got beat by the Bears yesterday, but Arizona's a good team. You know, that would have been a nice win. Arizona's a good team, and of course they have a dangerous quarterback. And Kyler Murray is spectacular. Uh, he's great. He he's still boomer bust at times. He had two, uh, you know, risk it throws that went right into the Vikings' hands, and one of them was a pick six, uh, which uh, which by the way accounted for the entire Vikings scoring in the second half. I mean, for as many encouraging things as there were about that game, you're a three and a half point dog. Arizona is not a dog team. They're not a top ten team in the NFL. So it's not like the Vikings are zero and two against the Rams and the Niners. But okay, I mean both on the road. It's, they're, it's they're on tough the road. to ask a team to start the season with two road games. They did everything. They overall they did everything you could ask a team to do to go and win a road game against a good team, except make a short field goal at the very end. Which, by the way, uh, he'd also miss an extra point. He'd be a tie game point. if he hadn't. Yeah. So, so there's some micro things we could get into. So let's not. I, I don't. What we're about to bounce into beyond this, uh, the, the the trees in the Vikings forest here. Don't lose sight of the fact that yesterday simply is almost 100% on the kicker because that's that you have one job. And if it was a 53-yard kick like it was to tie the game last week in Cincinnati and you miss it, okay, you know. You could say, hey, it would have been nice of you to make that, but you we're know, not mad that you did Not supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, and he had made he had already made like a 55-yarder. He had already boomed one. After he missed the extra point, he made one from like 55. Two 50-plus yarders, yeah. So, yeah, of course, most of this joint at the Gateway Lounge, full and rocking and happy, full of Vikings fans, uh, was of course like confident, but but you know, of course I heard some people right before the kick. It's the Vikings. I can't look. He'll miss it, and uh, it makes you think. Does it make you think? We've ta- we've had this topic many times before on the radio and on this podcast. Does it? There, I've never believed in sports curses. You just the Vikings are just a team that continuously uh, makes its own bed when it comes to kickers. 
because either they give up on ones that are good or end up being good. Like Kai Forbeck was good. He had a 52-yarder in the Miracle game. Had he not made that, the Miracle would have never happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I still the, never quite understood why he wasn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, no. you know, what, what more pressure could you possibly have to make an absolutely necessary field goal from 52 yards out in a divisional playoff game? I guess one in a championship game or a Super Bowl. But like, he made it, and then yeah. he was gone because, what, he missed too many extra points? I don't know. And uh, after that, it was Daniel Carlson, who the Vikings cut two games. He was, he was terrible who the Vikings cut two games into his tenure, and now he's, he's got a pro bowler. 23 in a row. I just want to go on record. I'm still lead. fully in support of Mike Zimmer cutting Daniel Carlson when he did. Because at the time. The Vikings had a lot to play for at the time. He couldn't make a goddamn kick yeah, from anywhere. Right. He single-handedly cost him a game. Yes. Not at all upset that they cut him. But now we're just kind of rolling through the names, and we're all good. You guys need any more yeah, beers? Yeah, good. We're, we're all right for a while. Thank you. Um, and... Uh, but this is this, this is this is the point I'm about to make is you get rid of Carlson and then eventually you get Dan Bailey who's past his prime does okay for a while I don't think he had to, he had a few misses but I thought that Dan a lot ba- of extra points yes no. they keep missing extra points but the but extra points in the NFL of course now are 35 yard field goals with an mm-hmm. angle uh, they're meant to be missed more often than your normal extra points so Dan Bailey was kind of like so so but I felt like when Dan Bailey was missing kicks Vikings fans were just like cursing the kicker to curse the kicker. Uh, he wasn't that great. He wasn't that bad. Then he's gone, and then they get this kid Joseph, who hadn't kicked in two years. They yeah. made their own bed with this. Like if if a guy that's can, w- this is the guy who's going to miss those. He's not a good kicker. That's but the thing it that was make weird. You wonder like, if they're cursed. The the kicking situation has been so bad, and they address it by essentially making it worse. Yeah. You know, I every mean, time. I didn't really want Dan Bailey back either, but they downgraded. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You, you, Dan Bailey's unemployed right now. He was well. Dan Bailey at the time. Was hurt. He was one of the. Be- he was the best kicker in the NFL no, I mean, for a few years. I mean, like this off season. Yeah, not before. Yeah, he was one of the best ever when he was in Dallas. Yes, and he got hurt. Yeah, the Vikings brought him in, and he just Took has a flyer. never. He's just never been the same. Right. He's still decent, but he's yeah. no longer this ninety-five percent guy. Dan Bailey. Well, okay. So you decide after last year we don't want Dan Bailey anymore. I didn't really want him either, um, but then get someone better. Instead, it's like they were like, oh, I guess the musical chairs stopped and. There's no kickers, yeah. so we'll bring this guy Joseph off the scrap heap. Well, what do you expect? Yes, you know, yeah, I'm pissed at him for missing that kick yesterday, but this is what you get from yeah. mediocre fringe kickers who have been bouncing around the league, who have never, uh, never, they've been in the league, but they've never got a team to trust them enough to ride them for a whole season. What do you expect? Yeah, or they could have drafted one, but they drafted Carlson, and that was a first round flyer. Everybody's like, why are you drafting a kicker? And it turns out, well, because he actually did turn out to be really special. But so, but they, they didn't want to make Blair Walsh, they, and it worked out great for a few years. Right, so they never regretted that draft pick. The, the Blair Walsh thing is kind of what got this all started, right? That's where we started going down this. Uh, yeah, that's where we started tumbling downhill and circling the drain with kickers. But so, obviously, Greg Joseph's kick was the it was like ninety nine percent of the pie of blame yesterday, and uh, you have to give some of that credit to Rick Spielman as well because he's the one that he, offensive linemen and kickers he just can never hit. Okay, but beyond that, let's go. Let, let's dive a little deeper because it came down to that kick. He makes the kick, and you're like, "Good, solid road win." It's not supposed to be easy. Uh, when you see that you open the season with two re- two road games, you're basically saying, "Let's be one and one." Yeah, and yeah. they were almost exactly that. Now, having said that, they deserve to lose to Cincinnati. They didn't play well enough to beat Cincinnati. Could have, but, but I agree, they didn't deserve it. They well, I mean, they had like 17 penalties, 12 of which were only accepted, and you know, they, Dalvin Cook fucking fumbled whether he was down or not. He couldn't hold onto the ball, and Kirk Cousins was as usual subpar and could not could not rise above anything. 
um, and uh, he just never does. But he did yesterday. I don't know if he rose above anything. Now, with about five minutes left, he they get the okay. ball back. Um, they get the ball back. He does nothing. Three right. and out. And he, it, it, it's so Third hard. Third and seven throws it two yards past the line of scrimmage. He with makes two it look so hard. Right. The, the, the later in the game you get, the higher the stakes, Kirk Cousins makes it look so hard to complete a pass and keep the chains moving. And then he did it like three times on the field goal drive. And, you, and the, the narrative would have been, I'm pretty sure, has the, had the kick gone through. Ah, for once, Kirk did it. He rose above it. Uh, he, he almost had Jefferson on an amazing pass and catch that didn't hit, but they still went for it. Like, he didn't fuck it up. And uh, at the same time, you go back, there was, a, there was the drive before that I mentioned where he did nothing. And the offense in general, they didn't score at all in the second half. The only points the Vikings got in the second half was the pick six. So they did a whole lot of nothing on offense that whole second half, and it came back to bite them in the ass. So did Joseph Smith's extra point. So did... So did Mike Zimmer. Refusal to chase the point. I, they're, they're t- if you're chasing missed extra points with two-point conversions in the second quarter or even most of the third, I get it. But maybe, it, well, there was only one touchdown to chase points know. with, too, I, I guess, and that was in the third quarter. So that's I bad. think, uh, uh, I mean, and not so much chasing missed extra points, just stop trying extra points. <laughs> okay. Go for two every time. <laughs> no, oh, Mike Zimmer would never do that because it makes it, too much sense. You only have to convert fifty-one percent of them to yeah. be getting the same, right. you know, yes. better value out of and it. Mike, but Mike Zimmer does not does not read or listen to analytics. He will not do that. He will do what Bill Parcells or well, but uh, it's not what just is Zimmer. There's no coach in the NFL right now because that was part of the impetus of moving the extra. Po- I wrote a whole column about this last year. Yeah. You move the extra point back because you say it's too boring. It's ninety nine percent. It's automatic. We yeah. want more two point conversions. Yeah, they move it back. Nobody's trying any more two point conversions. So all we did was take an automatic play and make it no longer automatic. Yeah, and I don't think we want yeah. that. We don't want people winning or losing games based on missed extra points. Mm-hmm. So if no one's going to try going for two, if we're not going to change the game for the better, then just move it back to the two yard line and make it an automatic play again because nobody yeah. wants these games where I think now kickers are making like 92% of extra points instead of 99. I'm sure the NFL though is think for what happened yesterday. I'm sure the NFL is thinking to itself that they did the right thing because there's more drama on a 35 yard extra point uh, because he, the guy, and there's more drama on a 35 yard field goal, I guess at the end, because the dude, the dude missed one already. I guess there there wouldn't have been as much drama on that because it would have sent them uh, to overtime. It would have been tied. There would have been no consequence. whether it's, you know, Sean McVay, one of these yeah. new school guys or yeah. whatever, like, hey, we're going to go for two every time. Yeah. Well, I hear you. Uh, here's another part. Again, overall, there's a, a Vikings effort well enough to win the game, and it's the kicker's fault they lost. But uh, there were parts that should make you pull your hair out. Again, Arizona, these are not the Rams or Niners here. Uh, they have holes. Uh, Kyler Murray is tough to stop. And this vigil guy, I don't, I've never heard of the guy, this linebacker out of nowhere, uh, he almost had two turnovers in the game. He had one fumble recovery that was an ath- amazing athletic play that got called back because he didn't have possession when he got in bounds. Uh, but that was as Arizona was driving to score. I can't remember if it was the first. I think it was the first half. But this defense, okay. Uh, once again, going back to Mike Zimmer and why I don't love him as a head coach. I don't. Th- he's not bad. I've never said he's bad. But he is Mr. Defense. And this winter, the Vikings decided to address everything on defense. And what have they gotten out of it? They've gotten pretty shitty defense for the most part, especially against the – I get Kyler Murray's amazing, 
But Bre- why? Are, what's 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 Breland doing out there? How long? How much longer do we have to go to watch him shit the bed? Uh-huh. Uh, they're, they're, the defense looked pretty awful for most of the game. Kyler Murray's going to get his and make a few amazing plays, but down after down, they were they were giving up miles of yards. I mean, they had a this, lot of injuries. This is Mr. Not? Defense. I, mean, I, I didn't watch, like I said, most of the game, but did Anthony Barr play? Didn't see him. If he did, I he didn't he, have an impact. I think he was out. I know Hendricks or Kendricks was hurt. I don't. I, he was I don't hurt he, going into the game. Yeah, and Vigil might have played, been playing for either of these I mean, guys. It was nice to see Daniel Hunter be Daniel Hunter. Um, kind of reminding Incredible. how much you missed him last year. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you give up 450, 500 yards offense, whatever it was, and 33 points. That's not great. Um, and that was the thing. You know, what were they last year? Seven and nine. Yeah. And it's like, well, geez, they had a JV defense. You know, everyone was hurt. They Absolutely. didn't. They didn't have their guys. You know, get the guys back, get Hunter in there, get a healthy bar, all that stuff, and you know, at the at, at the very least, you maybe go from you know a seven and nine to a nine and seven, a ten and six. I know it's a seventeen game schedule now, but yeah. And so far, we haven't really seen that. You know, I mean, I don't think the defense has like like you just said, whether it's Daniel Hunter or some things last week. There have been some some encouraging signs, uh, but it doesn't look like one of the. You know, we've seen what a really good Mike Zimmer defense looks like. Yeah, and this isn't it. No, and uh, thirty three points. Should win you most football games. Should win you most football games, even against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. So I just go back to what we, we said last week, and uh, it goes back to Rick Spielman's failure to ever have a clue with kickers uh, is where's this going? Uh, with Spielman, Zimmer, and Cousins, just not very far. You're 0-2. Uh, you know, your, your chances of making the playoffs with an 0-2 record are less than 50%. Less than 40%, I'm pretty sure. Been done before, could be done again. The Vikings have an extra game. They have one, there's one extra game plus uh, the Vikings. Well, they have one more home game, home game than they have yet. road games. Yeah. They have uh, most years they'd have eight remaining home games and six on the road. Now though, they have eight remaining games at home and seven on the road because they have that they have one more road game than home game. So the odds are not in their favor, and it, it doesn't look like th- this is a super team to to overcome all this and suddenly get get hot right. and just start rolling. Uh, again, when you have a quarterback who uh, – it's the NFL. It's quarterback league. Chris Collinsworth talked about this last night with two of the best, uh, with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, saying – and we all know this, but he, he reiterated it. The rules are slanted toward offense, and specifically quarterbacks. You can't touch them hardly as much as you used to be able to. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're just more athletic and more apt to be playmakers coming out of college because most colleges – build their offenses around quarterbacks and usually with spread offenses now more teams in the NFL are doing that to where guys like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson who would not be good NFL quarterbacks 10 or 20 years ago in traditional offenses are Um, and the Vikings do not have do not have a guy who is in the modern game and can overcome a mediocre bad offensive line and uh, escape pressure and make plays with his feet or with his arm or with his instincts so where's it going? Not very far, but we'll keep watching. It's still fun entertainment, Zim. I mean, the Vikings might be going nowhere, and you might not be as emotionally invested in them anymore. But I mean, the, the both NFL's, games have been entertaining. The NFL is still, and, and, and those are those are middle of the road games. If right. you're if you're an NFL, that fan Ravens Chiefs game no last night was amazing. That was awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. the that was the cream of the crop. Um, watching Mahomes and Jackson, the interesting Raiders game on Monday night. And, yes, you know, I mean it's. Yeah, there's been some really good football it's, games so it's far. It's the best sports product yeah. on earth. Can we not? I mean, we. I, I I've mean, always thought so. Yeah, I mean, there have been. I can remember, like in the early 2010s, uh, 
thinking like, holy shit, the NFL is good. Like every game, like the Vikings game would go over at noon and I didn't care who was playing at three. I was like, I want to watch. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened, but there was a little stretch there in the mid 2010s late where kind of the opposite happened. All of a sudden it felt like there were no good games and no good teams. And, you, you know, I don't know if it was some of the better quarterbacks coming back down to earth or what it was, but there was a, a two, three year stretch there where, and that narrative was kind of taking hold nationally. Like what is going on in the NFL? Like mm-hmm. there's the games just like, it, it just yeah. isn't as good as it used to be. I forgot and, about that. And uh, I don't know what I expected necessarily this year, but it's been a pretty good product so far. Right. Here's an interesting point. Uh, I, I thought uh, I'd, I'd be interested to get Zim's thoughts on this. And I'm not going to tell you where I heard it from because that may skew your reaction. Uh, if there was, if, if the position, which I, I kind of just set this up, if the position of quarterback was now just called a playmaker, we would consider Lamar Jackson a top three quarterback in the NFL. I, he was MVP two years ago. But like right now and overall through his career, if, it was, if the position was called playmaker and we didn't think of quarterback in the traditional sense of you still got to make great throws in the pocket or stepping up in the pocket to win games, and it's all about all the big-time throws you make, then we'd consider Lamar Jackson a top-three playmaker, and that he shouldn't be expected to be, or necessarily a lot of times does he have to be, Tom Brady throwing the ball downfield. Drew Brees didn't have a big downfield arm. Uh, he did not have a cannon, but he could put it, he could, he could put it in tiny little windows like almost nobody in the history of the game could, and he was a Hall of Famer. Peyton Manning... Same thing. He's not. He's. He's not. He doesn't have whatever Tom Brady has. Nobody has what Tom Brady has, which is the poise under pressure to win championship game after championship game. But he had the preset genius, right? He had the preset genius to look over a defense and know where to put his guys. Yeah. Uh, If you take now, this is an interesting point that I found as a Chiefs fan. Uh, So if quarterback was called playmaker, would we consider Tom Brady like not in the top fifty then by the same logic? I mean, I don't know. I don't Who was know. that, Colin? Because I thought it was Colin Cowherd. Yeah, yes. that sounded like a Colin Cowherdism. Because the other side of the coin is, well, it just depends on what you mean by playmaker. Because when you're just throwing darts up and down the field over and over again in Super Bowls seven times over, then uh, that's making plays. <laughs> that's making plays too. I knew it was Colin Cowherd. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, his other interesting point was if you took Kelsey and Hill. Chad, uh, yeah, Kelsey and Hill out of Kansas City, they're not nearly as good and don't win nearly as many games, while Lamar has lost his entire backfield. And uh, Travis Kelsey's pretty good. Two and one. What's that? Travis Kelsey's pretty good. And Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see how the Chiefs would do without uh, Kelsey. How'd and they do Kelsey. without Pat Mahomes? What's that? <laughs> I said, how would they do without Pat Mahomes? Well, that's that's a, that's another part. It's who's more important there. I think we. I mean, we I saw it. The Vikings were able to. Uh, the Chiefs were able to beat the Vikings a couple years ago when Without the Chiefs him. didn't have Pat Mahomes. But I was in Austin with Jen watching that game. That yeah. was highly disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, but being a Chiefs. Remember, fan, we found a Vikings bar in Austin and got to watch them lose. Mm. What was that like? I mean, there were a lot of other Vikings fans there, so that was yeah. fun. But yeah, yeah. They, who was playing quarterback for the Chiefs? Some. It was like Matt, Matt, Matt something. I it wasn't Matt Castle, remember. but it was Matt something. Matt yeah. Smith, Matt Murray, yeah, Matt Hill, Matt, yeah. yeah, Matt Average Joe. Yeah. Cool uh, bar, good food. Good. Just like the Gateway Lounge. It was it was great here yesterday. By the way. Were you back for the Chiefs game last night? I was not, no. We went, we went home. Well, we had a um, 
fifteen year old. We had a family. We had a family fish fry, family wow. get together with uh, with everybody with our fifteen year old. It was very yeah, it's very Minnesota and South Dakota. Um, yeah, no, but the gateway was great for the Vikings game. And at the same time, it was the the uh, Cowboys Chargers was tight the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, Falcons Falcons Bucks was made interesting most of the time until the Bucks pulled away. And uh, what was the other game? Seattle and Tennessee. I mean, those three o'clock games. Uh-huh. And then the, yeah, that's yeah, they good. were all good. And then the Chiefs game was as good a football as you will get. I'll go back to your point, Chiefs fan. I'm not as big of a Chiefs fan as I am a Husker fan because you grew up in Nebraska. You're a Husker fan. Chiefs were the NFL team of choice on Sundays. But I'm the same way as you. I was like, give it a nice golf clap. That was a fun game. Took your breath away. Life goes on. Uh, I'm interested. Did you take a peek at at Huskers, Oklahoma? I know you. I did. You did just to see Uh, because you wanted to see the Huskers get destroyed, right? Yeah. Jen and I had stayed up late the night before. And so we slept in late on Saturday. We don't normally watch TV in the bedroom, but I turned it on and just turned on the game. And she's like, why are you turning on the TV? I was like, because I want to watch. I said, Nebraska's playing Oklahoma today. Oklahoma's the number three team in the country. Used to be a big rivalry. It's not really anymore because Nebraska sucks. I want to watch Nebraska get their asses kicked by Oklahoma. (laughs) And she's like, it's only seven to three. I'm like, it's early. Well, what, an hour later, it was still seven to three, and it ended up being – a close game. I, I watched more of it than I usually do watch a Husker game. If their special teams could have done worth a shit, they might actually have a chance to win that Absolutely. game. Um, so I'm basically coming to the conclusion that Oklahoma is the most overrated team in the country because I will re- absolutely refuse to give Nebraska any credit. But um, I know you'd say that, and I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> I'm with only you. half kidding. They, is- I think they, you know, you have to give Nebraska some credit. Sure. I mean, nobody expected them to be in that game. I'm not sure. Like I, I saw Scott Frost. Um, comments after the game where he said you know a lot of respect for Oklahoma that's the kind of team we want to be yeah. and I think today we showed that we're closer than people think are you I don't know maybe it, it, maybe it, Oklahoma's it, also really overrated maybe you just found a way to get up for that game and play really well and yeah. you still stink we'll find out I don't know. a few things I factor into the equation with and I'll freely admit I did not watch a, a second of this game yeah, you're at USF, partly right? by yeah. design yeah. I was uh, I was uh, at a fundraiser charity walk involving the Canaries, and then I was uh, went to USF to do their PA. But I partly took that job. I took that job of, you know, I was offered it a few weeks ago because Paul Heinert, the normal PA guy, he's one of the main media relations guys, one of the busiest men on the planet when the Sanford International comes to town, so he was working the golf. Anyway, I, I took that knowing that that's when Nebraska plays Oklahoma at 11 a.m., and if I did the PA announcing for USF at 1, I'm not going to be able to see the second half of the Nebraska-Oklahoma game. And I thought, good, <laughs> because it's going to be over by halftime. It's going to be a, a 38-7 m- by the time more embarrassment, yeah. more pain. Why would I want to watch that? And um, so even so, so my main focus, of course, sitting there, I, didn't see, I still didn't get to see any of the game. I, I heard a little too, a, of it on the radio driving to USF. Um, I was like, oh, good, they're close. They're still going to lose. They're still going to get pummeled. Or they will find a way to uh, royally screw it up because Nebraska turns it over a lot. They get penalized a lot. And this isn't just Scott Frost. It happened with Mike Riley. It happened with uh, Bo Pelini in big games. Mm-hmm. It's turnovers, penalties, special teams. And it, it did again. Uh, and my, my overall conclusion was maybe Nebraska's getting better, and that's, that's really nice. That's fine and dandy. Uh, three years ago, Scott Frost's first year, Nebraska was awful. They were coming off Riley's last year where they got destroyed by everybody. Nebraska goes to Ohio State and loses 36-31, and that went down to the final possession. They had Ohio State, who won the Big Ten that year, on the ropes, 
I do remember that. And and I remember thinking, wow, Frost is going to get this yes, figured out. It was late in the year, and then it did it did, it did um, pile over into going for like 800 yards on uh, an awful Illinois team the next week. And then the week after that, they beat a really mediocre Michigan State team in the snow 9-6. to six. And the week after that, they almost beat Iowa, who's beaten them like six times in a row now. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that Ohio State game, maybe that did get something going for the end of the year for, for, for Scott Frost's tenure. And then they were shitty two years ago the whole year. They were shitty last year during their COVID stretch. And they don't look great now. Oklahoma got taken to the bell by Tulane just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if Oklahoma's the most overrated team in the country. They're probably not They're the third overrated. best team in the country. They're, and and I, I do give credence to 11 a.m. kickoffs. 11 a.m. kickoffs, uh, especially if you're a big favorite and it's at your house, and that place gets a lot more electric when people have been drinking and getting ready for the game all day. Nebraskans have been going through this a lot for the last 10 years. We get a lot of 11 a.m. kicks, and it's a completely different environment to kick off Much for 11 a.m. Dude. Yeah, I mean, people are like, fuck, I got to wake up, and yeah. if we're going to tailgate at all, we got to start at 8 a.m., we got to yeah. beat the traffic and got to set everything up, and then you know, it takes a while to walk to the stadium, blah, blah, blah. Uh, whereas if it's a night game, this is why LSU schedules all their games at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's because everybody's juiced up the whole day. It's a different environment. I think that played a factor. Yeah. And in Oklahoma probably was like, we're 23-point favorites. They they knew how Nebraska, bad Nebraska was. They probably saw some uh, stuff on film that made them smell blood. And uh, so they got a better game out of Nebraska than they expected. But in the end, special teams, penalties, turnovers. I I, I don't have a whole lot more. Hope or faith for Nebraska based off this game. They have to go to Michigan State, who just walloped Miami on the road in Miami. Uh, the next week, they have Northwestern, who always seems to be about an evenly matched game and finds a way to beat Nebraska. Gilbert and I are going to that one. Uh, then they got Michigan, who's uh, – you never know how good they are with Harbaugh, but they should be better than Nebraska. I'll, t- I'll say this. Nebraska's talent level is getting there closer to teams like Oklahoma. That's really nice. Is Scott Frost a good enough coach? Is his staff a good enough group of developers that this is going to go anywhere or they're just going to keep being a, you know, like a little 500 uh, little engine that could in the Big Ten every year? I don't know. That's all I got to say. Think, uh, do you think Frost is in danger of getting fired soon? Well, if they go about four and eight, I think it's a possibility. He has a brand new athletic director. It's like a $20 million buyout at this point, I think. Nebraska has more money to buy out coaches. Right. That, 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 it, it does not care. Uh, they gave Bo Pelini $120,000 checks every month for about three years after he got yeah, fired. I know, I know. They, it's not like, it's not, it's not not a story, but it is. I have a buddy, they another have a buddy reservoir who's of big booster a Nebraska money. fan as you are and. He was texting me all through the Oklahoma game. He was like cocking off. See, we're gonna win. Oh God, yeah. I hate those kind of Husker fans. <laughs> and, uh, Shut after up. After they lost, he was like, "This is all on Scott. You know, we outplayed him. Yeah, you know, the yards. Look at the stats, the talent. But he's like, you know, turnovers, special teams, yep. mistakes. He's like that's all that's on coaching. the coaching. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're stuck with him. He's like, no, we're not. I said, yeah, you are. He's like a twenty million dollar buyout. He's got how many years left on his contract? He's like, no, they'll fire him after this year if they don't at least, at least win six or seven games or something. Well, I remember he said they're they're so afraid at Nebraska and have been for fifteen years. A about the sellout streak going away. Whether you think whether anybody outside thinks that's a big deal or not, and I don't. Yeah, but what like, happens when that streak ends? Big, big deal. We're the greatest fans ever. They're stuck through us with thick and thin, and now now and now it feels like if a few fans get off the bandwagon, then everybody's going to go with them. 
and and then this it will not be the Fortune 500 type of company that it is, uh, the, the whole Nebraska football program. Because uh, well, I suppose that is the one thing they have left to sell in recruiting. So I don't. <laughs> it, 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 that's very true. There, there's a there's a big fear that it's going to be. It hasn't been this way in Lincoln since like the 50s, where there's apathy, there's empty seats, and it's depression, and uh, then it's going to take even longer to get back to wherever. Uh, Nebraska's never going to get back to national championship contention. Um, it was a miracle they ever uh, won five national titles. You, if you just think about it, a state of 1.8 million people in mm-hmm. the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. should never be good at football nationally. And uh, they should be thrilled to compete in the Big Ten West, which is, uh, you know, a, mild, a mildly competitive division with Minnesota, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Iowa. Um, that they did win five national ch- titles was a miracle and worth, you know, far more time than we have. Uh, the advent of college football on TV, being one of the few teams in the country that was on TV three or four times a year. The Oklahoma game, which was always a nationally televised game, and made kids from California, Texas, and Florida want to go to Nebraska because you can't win without those kids. You don't have any talent in Nebraska. So it's, uh, it's just kind of something where I sit back, wait, see, as you do with the Vikings now, enjoy the games. Uh, if they win, it's a bonus. If they lose, life goes on. Let's get into uh, the 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 Yotes. The Jacks have a game at Indiana State. The Jacks didn't play last week. There's mm-hmm. not much new to talk about unless you've got something. Well, the biggest that we don't thing, the, the Yotes beat the crap out of Cal Poly, which yeah. I don't think is a huge surprise. The biggest thing that happened this week in college football, related to USD and SDSU, is that Northern Arizona beat Arizona. Yeah. And that's a week after the Coyotes beat Northern Arizona 38-7. to And we're kind of like, that's okay, right. you know, nice win, but Northern Arizona probably sucks. How, you know, how big of a win is that really? Yeah. Well, then the next week Northern Arizona goes and beats Arizona. Yeah. Now I realize Arizona sucks, but they're an FBS team. Yeah. You know, in a, in a power conference. Yep. You know, I mean, that's, wow. That says something to me. I mean, I don't know how much. You know, we always talk about how these comparing scores can be a little bit foolhardy. Sometimes just weird things happen or matchups or whatever. But bottom line is, USD looks pretty good. Yeah. They're 2-1. and one. They could very easily be 3-0 and oh with a win over an FBS team. Um, I don't know. Um, and Cal Poly's uh, a team that's first-year coach. They're transitioning from the triple offense to the spread. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But still, you went on the road – and it was a good crowd. It was their home opener, as it was described on radio. And they annihilated them, yeah. And uh, I mean, from the, the opening kick, I mean, they just mm-hmm. danced up and down the field and did what they wanted. So we don't know how good USD is, and I guess Missouri State makes a decent measuring stick game because they, they have look a pretty trino, good. Yep. They have an intricate offense, and so we'll learn a lot more about each of those two teams after this yeah, game. Yeah, that's It'll a good fun. game all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack should roll at Indiana State. I would think so. They don't look terrible early on. They hung with Northwestern in their FBS game. And won two close ones in their other two. Had, they actually won on not quite a Hail Mary, but a touchdown pass as time expired last week. Uh, they didn't play in the spring. They were the one team in the conference that opted out entirely. So, um, yeah, absolutely a game the Jacks should win. But, again, it's on the road. You yeah. know, funny things can happen. Jacks are coming off a bye week. You never know how they're going to respond. Yeah. I think they'll win, but we'll see. Just a test of uh, where, where their heads are at, how mature they so. are, all I that kind so. of stuff. The, so. the, 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 the truly – Great teams go in there and, and push them around and generally dominate or control that game. All right, a few minutes for the Sanford International. Uh, you covered that, uh, amongst others, for the Argus. Uh, you covered the final round yesterday, and uh, you had a lot more fun. I think it was last year or two years ago. Last year was the first year you, you covered that, and you were kind of blown away by how much you enjoyed covering golf. I had and, fun. And, and, yeah, and, I did the whole thing. This uh, year I just did the final round, 
and it wasn't as fun just because, well, it was so goddamn windy. It's never fun to be outside when it's 85 degrees out and 40-mile-an-hour winds. And there were just no big names in the final group, you know. And because of the windy conditions, you didn't see a lot of awesome golf shots on Sunday. You know, there weren't very many birdies. Yeah. You saw a lot of, oh, that was close. That was – all yeah. the highlights were almost, you know, and guys yeah. getting pars. So yep. that was a little disappointing, but it was a, a pretty cool comeback at the end by Darren Clark. And, uh, you know, I, I still enjoyed it. There was a great crowd again. And, you know, I'm glad that thing is sticking around, hopefully long term. What did you What did you know about Darren Clark before, and what did you think of him after hearing his cute Irish accent after the uh, I knew beforehand that he did not resemble – a professional athlete in any way, which I admire and, and enjoy. <laughs> and then, yeah, his Irish accent. Like, I, I got to use the quote: "The course was eminently playable." I've, I've yeah. never, I've never used that phrase in one of my stories before. So, that was nice to get to do that. All right. Well, that's it. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you, sir. All right. We got to go pick up a kid. I don't. Have fun. <laughs> we will. There he goes, Mad Zimmer, whose coverage at the Sanford was superb again. And uh, a shout-out to the folks that put on that event every single year. It's just, uh, it's just a treat to have that kind of an event in Sioux Falls, to see a lot of golf's greatest names from 20, 30 years ago still playing, still looking good, still playing well and competitive, and, uh, and just to see how good of an event it looks on TV and in person. It feels big time. Uh, that 18th hole arena with all the tents, it's just I can't. These guys who are playing have got to be thinking, as many big tournaments as they've played in, uh, how cool is this that they do it this well in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So hats off to all the folks at Sanford, all the folks at the International who put it together. Paul Heinert, Terry Vanderveck, our old friends in the sports media who are a big part of organizing everything and keeping everything in line for a couple of days out there, uh, more than a couple of days. Uh, it was not as spectacular. Look, the novelty has worn off. Jack Nicholas wasn't there like he was the first couple of years. Uh, we did not. We, we had a great finish. We had a playoff. That's always compelling. Uh, extra golf for that big 18-hole arena. And we got four out of four, in my opinion. Um, noteworthy and interesting champions. Just uh, likable, popular guys. You have to be somewhat of a hardcore golf fan to really know the the last three winners. Rocco Medier, Miguel him. And Hel Jimenez and Darren Clark, but if you have been watching golf and you know a thing or two, uh, you know that those are three uh, world-class players uh, who, you know, were certainly not top-tier players of all time, maybe not even Hall of Famers, probably, and not, uh, you know, but wonderful personalities, colorful personalities. And the first year, your champion was Steve Stricker, who was uh, the best player and one of the newest players on the tour, like the hot player on the Champions Tour that year, and still competitive on the regular tour. So it was, uh, it, it, they are four for four in crowning, in crowning cool champions uh, at this event. And it would have been the case, in my opinion, if it was K.J. Choi. That guy has won a player's championship. So Matt's right. It, it didn't have the same luster the whole way. Uh, including the final round, as it usually does, but that doesn't take away how spectacular of an event it is for Sioux Falls and our entire region. People come from a long ways away to come uh, see this event, and uh, it never disappoints. Uh, it only impresses and satisfies. So, again, a tip of the cap to everybody at the Sanford International. Um, we didn't spend a whole lot of time on it on this podcast. It doesn't take away from if you were there. Uh, like I was for a few hours on Sunday, strictly as a fan for the first time in four years, uh, how just delightful 
And cool it is to have something like that right here in this town. But that's what Sioux Falls is all about. It's a growing community. It's got, you know, I mean, the breweries that have popped up the last few years, the cool restaurants that we have. Uh, we are getting nice things, and we deserve them. And that includes the Gateway Lounge. It's not new. It's been around for a long time, three generations now. Still the best place to come in and enjoy an NFL Sunday like Gilbert and I did after we enjoyed the final round of the Sanford International, before we had the fish fry and watched the Chiefs game with family. Um, and uh, it was probably quite the scene last night until the very last play for the Chiefs. It's your Chiefs headquarters in Sioux Falls. It's your Mahomes headquarters. But I tell you, uh, Gilbert and I came in after the Sanford International and we're just like, you know, before we go home, drive home to Lenox, let's watch some football. Let's watch the afternoon games because it's the NFL. It's a great product. We're going to watch four games at one time, and there's not going to be one second where there's not going to be something uh, incredible or worth watching at the time. And we were right. And it's just a great atmosphere with a full house, yet there were seats available. Uh, the service is always wonderful. I know the food's always going to hit the mark. And I'm never going to be sitting there complaining and waiting for a drink. The service is too good to not to to, to lose track of you. Plus, the games are the, the TVs here are set up to where you've got uh, you've got every game you can watch, and you can watch all the games at one angle. In fact, there's three or four different angles from wherever you're sitting in the gateway where you have a different opportunity to see every game. It's not like that at a lot of sports bars, and they always have the sound up of the of the game that's going to be the most interesting and um, the one that the most people are interested in at the time. When it's the Vikings, it's always going to be the Vikings game. When it's the Chiefs, especially with Mahomes, it's always going to be the Chiefs game. Uh, but they just know what they're doing here when it comes to sports barring. They've been doing it forever, and uh, it's a great place to come and support local business. The Gateway Lounge, 41st and the I-29 exit. In fact, this month they got the 1299 Bacon double cheeseburger uh, and uh, plenty of great beer on tap as well. Gateway Lounge. Uh, we appreciate them for hosting us each and every week. It's great to be back and doing it every week here, Mondays during lunch. Uh, and a reminder if you love beer, I mean, if you really love trying beer, they got different local beers here at the Gateway. Uh, beer Fest is coming back to the Birdcage on Saturday, October. Ninth, You can get your tickets now at sfcanaries.com or get them on the day of Beer Fest. Uh, but for 40 bucks, you get 25 drink samples. There's going to be over a dozen, close to 20 now, local and regional vendors that are there. And this includes, you know, they're going to have every kind of beer under the sun, the oatmeal stouts, the uh, the India pale ales, the Kolsch's. But there's also going to be Beal Distributing. There's going to be Bud Light and Miller Light and Coors Light and all the classics there as well. So you can drink beer at the baseball stadium, play beanbags, 20 bucks gets you into our beanbag tournament. On our giant new Dectronics video board, we're going to have college football on uh, some game, somehow, some way. And we'll try to live up to the Gateway Lounge standards. And if a game gets out of hand, we'll switch it over to a, do another good game that people there might, might be interested in. But it's going to be so cool as the weather should be as wonderful as it was last year, that early October, 65-degree weather. Beer Fest. At the Birdcage, Sioux Falls Canaries, October 9th, 1 to 4 p.m., 40 bucks, 25 drink samples. Just go to sfcanaries.com. You'll find the story right on the front page about Beer Fest, and uh, you will find the link to get your tickets if you want to get them now. And that about does it for Matt Zimmer and all the folks at the Gateway Lounge. 
I'm John Gaskins. We will talk more Yotes and Jackrabbits next week because the Yotes have a huge game that will tell us a lot about them. And the Jacks will have a game, which they didn't last week. And we know we're a place where a lot of Jacks and Yotes fans want to go to get their fix. There wasn't that much to say this week. Plus, uh, the Vikings and Huskers found their epic ways to lose. And we had the Sanford International. But we'll get back on track with the Jacks and the Yotes and more. Always a pleasure. For Matt Zimmer, I'm John Gaskins. I've already said that. And uh, so now you're just going to hear this. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. <laughs> you guys need a round of drinks? Yes. Yeah.